Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. How much should I be worried about my kids in coronavirus? And what can I do to best protect them? How should I know if I should get tested? Where are we with the development of a vaccine for the coronavirus? What are its early symptoms? I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. Everywhere I go, people have been asking me all sorts of questions about the coronavirus. I was wondering if my kids are going to be able to finish the school year. What conditions should lead us to cancel our travel plans? Do I need a face mask? And how do I avoid getting sick? So much has been going on all over the world, and the news has been changing every day. The numbers are scary, and I know the information hasn't always been clear. I'm here to give you the answers. From CNN, you're listening to Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. For today's episode, let's first take a step back and just get the facts straight. These are some of the most basic questions I keep hearing. First question, what is the coronavirus and why is it called that? Well, the coronavirus is a type of virus, obviously. Uh, The reason it's called a coronavirus is not because it has anything to do with corona beer, although that is one of the most common questions we seem to be getting. The two are totally unrelated, except they are named for the same thing, which is corona, which means crown. In fact, if you look at this virus underneath an electron microscope, you're going to see a series of little proteins on its surface that look very much like a crown. That's how it got its name. Uh, The coronavirus has actually been around for a while. It's a family of viruses, and there have been several coronaviruses that have actually made the jump from animals to humans. Coronaviruses in the past that you've probably heard of, SARS, and then the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. With this novel coronavirus, and novel means new, something human beings have never seen before, We're not exactly sure where it came from, but you probably remember the early reports said that the people who were first infected had some interaction with an animal market in China. So it could be the animals from that market or it could be something else entirely. That is something public health investigators are still trying to figure out. And we're going to learn a lot more about it in the days and weeks to come. Question two, what are the symptoms Well, the best way to think about the symptoms of novel coronavirus are to think about the common cold caused by a rhinovirus or the flu, the influenza virus. These all have similar symptoms. They all affect your respiratory system. People typically think of cough, difficulty breathing, getting really tired, your muscles start to ache. All that's associated with these viruses, in particular the flu. With this novel coronavirus, when they looked at tens of thousands of patients in China, a couple of interesting things did start to come out. Uh, One is that this novel new coronavirus seems to affect the lower respiratory system more than the upper respiratory system. What does that mean? It's more deeply rooted in in your lungs. Respiratory breathing problems are going to be more prominent in people who do have symptoms. And you're less likely to have upper respiratory symptoms like a sore throat or a runny nose. 
While you can have those symptoms, if you do, it's much more likely to be the cold or the flu. Now, I do want to keep in mind that if you look at these tens of thousands of patients who have been diagnosed, around 80% of them had minimal symptoms or no symptoms at all. So that's good news. The vast majority of people who will get exposed to this virus are not really going to get that sick from it. They also found that children really, for some reason, and we're not exactly sure why, seem to be the most insulated from this, the most protected. It's really a certain group of people who are going to be most at risk, which is our third question. Who is most at risk? You've probably heard that people who are elderly, people who have weakened immune systems, have heart disease or lung disease or diabetes, are more at risk. And that's true here as well. But if you want to know why, here's a way to think about it. We are constantly fighting off pathogens. Every day today, you probably fought off hundreds of pathogens. Your body did. And most of you didn't feel it at all. You didn't get sick. Nothing changed. That's because your body has a lot of reserve. Your immune system is robust enough to fight those pathogens off. When you become elderly, get into the 70s and 80s, or if you have pre-existing medical conditions, uh, your reserve starts to go down. Your ability to fight the infection is not as robust. So you may start to develop symptoms where other people would not. So the elderly, people with pre-existing diseases, those are the people that you really need to take the most care here. All right, question four, how does it spread? Well, we've learned a lot about that particular issue by looking at these large studies coming out of China. Imagine when someone coughs or sneezes. Inside those respiratory droplets are typically lots and lots of viral particles. Now, those viral particles can hang out in the air for a little bit. Someone else could breathe them in. They could get on a surface, and someone could then touch that surface and then touch their eyes, their nose, or their mouth. Those are some of the most common ways a virus like this will spread. What we have learned about this that is a bit unusual, though, is that even if you have no symptoms at all, if you're not coughing, if you're not sneezing, you can still spread this virus. It appears that uh, people shed the virus even without any symptoms. And even if they're not sick, they may spread it to somebody who subsequently also doesn't become sick. They may spread it to somebody who does have a pre-existing condition or who is elderly, and that's when uh, problems can occur. Everybody needs to be aware that even if they're not sick, they could potentially be a carrier, and we've got to be careful. We know that this is spreading within the United States. We know that it's spreading within communities. That is what we know about the spread right now. That may change as this virus starts to mutate, which it will do. But typically when the virus mutates, it actually becomes less lethal, even if it becomes more transmissible. Question five, how afraid should we be? Am I at risk? Well, let me just tell you this uh, right at the beginning. I am uh, not a pessimist. I am not an optimist. I'm a realist, a guy who counts on data, counts on science and facts and figures to tell you what you need to know. I'm not going to tell you that you need to be afraid. I'm going to tell you what's going on out there. There is a virus that's now circulating around the world. It is a virus that in the middle of December had never been diagnosed in a human being before. So this is something that is new and is something that we need to be prepared for. The good news first is that, as I said before, 80% of us are not even going to know that we had this virus if we're exposed to it. But for a smaller percentage of us, people can get sick, people can get critically ill, 
and a small percentage, around 2%, it seems, can die. Now, that 2% number is one that you're going to hear a lot over the next few weeks. But I want to give you a little bit of context for that. What that basically means, the 2% fatality ratio, is the number of people who have died over the number of people who've been infected. We know the number of people who've died. That's an easier number to come by. But the number of people infected is harder. Because again, if you're not sick, if you don't have any symptoms, you may never go to the hospital. You may never go to the clinic. You may never get tested. So this is something we need to be aware of. We need to be prepared for. And if you start to hear recommendations from your local officials that uh, keep the kids out of school, stay home from work, avoid public gatherings, that shouldn't surprise you. That shouldn't alarm you. That's something that needs to be done sometimes to help best control an outbreak. This is just the beginning of our conversation. In upcoming episodes, we're going to talk about travel, finance, parenting, insurance, and even stigma. So send me your questions on Facebook and Twitter, and we're going to try to answer them in our next episodes. You can always find me at Dr. Sanjay Gupta. If you think this podcast has been useful, please help others find it by rating and reviewing it in your favorite podcast app. And we're going to be back tomorrow, so be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode in your feed. And for the most up-to-date information, you can always head to CNN.com. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.